Hi, my name is Alon Strohshine, founder of The Normal 40. I am so glad you are here. If you're here, it's not by accident. Dude, you're searching. And I get it because I've been there. In February 2022, after 14 years, I left my job as a public company executive. And I left without a resume. I left without a bunch of jobs lined up. And I left without being independently wealthy. But I went in search of something more. I went in search of finding out exactly who it is I was capable of being. And I've learned that my mission in life is to inspire a thousand dudes to go chase their same journey. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you found this podcast because here we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it raw. And there are going to be thousands of dudes just like you who can't wait to hear what we talk about next. Dude, thanks for being here. I can't wait to see you along the Normal 40 Highway. Welcome back, everybody. Normal 40, the podcast. My name is Adam. I will be your co-pilot today and happy again to be joined by the founder of Normal 40. Uh, dude, you need to know the lead pilot. His name is Lon Strohshine. Lon, welcome back. Uh, how are you feeling today? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing so good. How are you doing, boss? I'm, I'm great. I can't wait to dive into this week's episode. For, for those who have been following along in the journey, first off, we appreciate you for doing that. Uh, make sure you continue to subscribe to, to these episodes. That way, anytime we do something new, you get a chance to, to get to it right away. Uh, and, and we're going to do a few different things on today's episode, Lon. First off, we're going to we're gonna recap the last episode that's out. So if you're not following along in order, uh, we're going to talk about an episode that's out called The Marriage, which is a really unique episode, something we had not done before yet here on the Normal 40 podcast and something I know Lon certainly wants to kind of talk about and, and get into. So we'll go into that a little bit. And then we have a couple of different topics we'll kind of weave our way through. And uh, as Lon put together the normal 40, yeah, I think a bunch of themes kind of came to him, a bunch of ideas and concepts. And uh, as we've had these episodes, we've touched on a lot of those. And today we're going to touch on uh, one that, you know, maybe hits a little close to home based on last week's episode, but another one that kind of hits close to home, maybe for some of you out there listening to us and where you are right now. So we'll get into all that here in just a moment. But Lon, Let's start off with the last episode. Again, if you're not following along in order, this one's called The Marriage. If you haven't heard it yet, stop right here. Go find that one really quickly. It's a great 45-minute listen. You're going to love it. Then come right back to us right here, right now, and this will make a whole lot more sense to you, Lon. But So for those who have heard it, the, the marriage featured, uh, featured myself and uh, a Strohshine. Just not the Strohshine you were used to, not Lon. But instead, Lon's wife, Mindy, uh, joined, and, uh, and we spent 45 minutes talking about her perspective, seeing what Lon went through uh, firsthand and sort of being a really the original co-pilot on that journey along the way. And the unique thing about that episode is Lon got kicked out of the room. He was not a part of it. He did not hear it. He did not see it. He had no idea what questions were going to be asked. And he heard it for the first time when he hit the play button on his uh, on his mobile device there and listened to the episode. So, Lon, I know a lot of things were said in that. So first off, really, I want to thank you and, and Mindy for a trusting trusting me and, and really giving the audience that gift because it takes a lot of trust to, to open yourself up. Uh, it takes a lot of trust for Mindy to do that as well, too. So first off, I think on behalf of the listeners of, of the Normal 40 podcast and the folks who follow along with you. Really a big thanks for your vulnerability there. And, and Mindy did a fantastic job, but you had a chance to, to listen for the first time. And I know you were texting and kind of emailing me some of your reactions. So let me just go broad, big picture. 
what was your reaction? What were the kind of the things, the thoughts, the emotions that came to you as you heard some of the some of the anecdotes that Mindy shared about your journey and her uh, her role in your journey? Yeah, man. I, you know, the, fir- the first word that comes to mind is just emotion. I, uh, I did, I, you nailed it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, we don't rehearse questions. I mean, you guys just talked and, and I got to be a participant, um, in, in the conversation only in the receivers end. the same time, everybody else got to hear it. And, and I was listening to it. It, it dawned on me and it's so obvious now, but it's like, look, this is the other side of the marriage. I lived my side of the marriage and I shared a rooftop with the individual talking and I share a life with that person. I share kids, I share family, but I've still learned some things that even through all this, I, I, I just didn't know that that's, those are the words she would use. Those were the things she was feeling. And, and it was emotional for me, way more emotional than I, than I thought it would be. Um, and I'm sitting in an airport listening to these for the first time and, and there's a, she's saying a few things and I just, I just, <laughs> I was overtaken by emotion and, and it was, it was, it was the perfect emotion. It was the emotion of conflict. It was the emotion of pride. It was the emotion of just awe for how uh, blessed I am to have her in my life. It's the, it's, it's just, but it, it was just the awareness, all of it, all of it was just wonderful for me to experience and then to feel weird sitting in an airport trying to choke back tears. Um, and it was, it was, it was super fun, man. I know. Was there anything uh, powerful? I know a couple of times that I found interesting, again, kind of being the, the neutral third party kind of sitting in the back of the Uber while this is all going on. She said a couple of times, Lon doesn't know this yet, or Lon's going to hear this for the first time. And, and that really struck me, obviously, as she's sharing some of these things. And I wonder when those moments on the episode came up, how did you receive those moments for hearing maybe something for the first time or something that maybe she'd always wanted to say to you about the situation, but for whatever reason, just didn't? How, how did those moments uh, kind of land uh, with you as you heard them? Well, first thing, when you hear your wife say, "He's Lon's never heard me say this before, <laughs> you, you, you definitely tune in. And, Pit of the um, stomach, right? It's like, oh gosh, what is what is what is this going to be? Uh, talk <laughs> sure. about feeling vulnerable. Uh, there, there you have it. But look, you know, she um, the few times she said it, it was it was in relationship to her knowing that the role I was in, while successful, wasn't the role for me. It wasn't where I was supposed to be. It wasn't where I was. Was, wasn't where I was destined to be, A, and B, it's not where I used to be. It's not using the skills I used to use. And so when she, the first time she said it, she said, you know, this is going to be the first time Lon is hearing me say this. And she made, she made reference to the fact that she knew that when I wasn't leading a big team, that that was going to be a problem for me. And she was right. I miss, I, she was right. Um, and, uh, and she had never expressed that to me. She, we hadn't really talked about in retrospect, I can go back and say, Oh yeah, I remember this time when she said, well, are you going to miss this? And, you know, I kind of glossed it over and said, well, that's, you know, that's that part of that's in the past. Now I'm doing this. And, uh, but, but for her to, to come back and with such clarity, be able to describe what she was feeling at the time was, uh, was, was awesome. Um, so it was, it was, what was, what did it stir up in me? Um, 
all those emotions I've kind of already talked about, but uh, it was, it was just so fascinating to hear her tell it from, from, like I said, the other side of the marriage. The other thing that she said, and it was, if, if I had to sum up the entire conversation, she summed it up. I don't need to. I'll just re-sum up what she said. You asked the question, you know, what advice do you have for people who are right where you're at? For, for men and women who are, who are right where you're at, you know, she, she, summed up the, she summed that up with, um, don't wait to ask. She framed up the regret she had with, with waiting to, to, to ask. And here's the thing that was really emotional for me. The most emotional thing in the entire conversation she said, I didn't know Lon needed my permission. He's a strong leader. He'd always done what he wanted to do. I didn't realize he needed my permission. I didn't know I had that much power. And, and she was right. I, I needed her permission. I didn't know how to ask for it. And, and I didn't even know I should ask for it. And I didn't probably even know I needed her permission until she stood up and had the courage to say, I want you to do this. I want you to do normal 40. I will stand beside you through the process. We'll do this as a team. It wasn't until she actually gave me the permission that I knew I needed it. And that was the emotion. She opened it up. She released it, not me. I wish I could say I was smart enough to know I wasn't. She did it. And uh, and so just to hear her tell that story was it was emotional for me, man. Yeah, again, it's, uh, it was really uh, uh, interesting to be a part of that and, and definitely a powerful episode. If you Again, if you haven't heard it, feel free to hit pause. We'll be here for you when you come back, but it, it's called The Marriage. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. But Lon, that brought up sort of a bigger picture item as it relates to Normal 40 and kind of this journey and this process. And and you kind of touched on it very well there when you talked about Mindy telling you or saying aloud, basically, like, just ask, like, j just talk about it. Uh, and, you know, the natural question you say is, well, why don't more people do that? Why don't people do just sounds so easy. I'll just go grab my, my spouse, my partner and say, Hey, I want to talk and I want to share this information. Yet a bunch of you are listening to this driving in your car on your treadmill, mowing your lawn, thinking to yourself, I'm never, I would never do that. I can't have that conversation or you're dreading having that conversation because here's the reality, Lon, it can be awkward. Right. It can certainly be awkward to figure out how to sit down with somebody who you said it earlier, you, you, you've been with for a number of years. You, you have a family, you have relationships, you have children, perhaps you share commonalities. Right. You're you're kind of in the same in the same fight together, in the same journey together. And it can be tough to sit down with that person and maybe share something. Uh, and in some respects, it can be, it'd be a little awkward. Right. And and I think what what you've shared a little bit about, you know, the, the journey you've been on, I'd love you to talk more about this is. How do you go about sort of approaching that awkward conversation? You know, how do you how do you have that? How do you find that the the energy, the time, the words to go have that awkward conversation? And and why do you think so many people are reluctant to maybe jump into that into that path to jump into the the space where maybe they have to have that awkward conversation? Oh man, such such a great topic. Um over the course of the last six months, I've had I've hosted probably sixty or seventy hours of conversations with dudes, and I've taken copious notes through it all. And I've gone back and I've I've looked and and really tried to relive some of them. And I've I've learned a very amazing trend that that uh, that hits at the heart of this. I've learned that most 
most people, by the time they get to me, they've read my stuff, they've listened to a podcast, somebody's referred them, and they finally get on a call with me. At some point in that phone call, I will identify that there's at least one awkward conversation that they're avoiding. Every person, by the time they get to me, probably every person that's listening to this can identify in their mind right now one awkward conversation that they know they are avoiding. And think about that. One awkward conversation. So I maintain, I maintain that dudes, probably people, but dudes here, that's who we're talking to. Their one awkward conversation, mustering the courage to have one awkward conversation away from a drastically different life. And so I, I had been learning that and researching it and drilling down on it. And what is that awkward conversation? Well, oftentimes it's an awkward conversation with their boss. An awkward conversation about something they thought was going to happen that didn't. Something they didn't think that was going to happen and did. So there's some form of an awkward conversation that just drives this pit into their gut at work. That's one. Two, there's an awkward conversation with a spouse. Same thing. There's this awkward conversation that they're avoiding about not feeling happy about work. About the awkward, it could be an awkward conversation they're avoiding with their spouse about the awkward conversation they're avoiding with their boss because they don't want to hear from their spouse, just go talk to them. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Sure. They're still avoiding, we all avoid it. So the whole point is we're all, myself included, one awkward conversation away from a radically different life. And just to pivot back to Mindy for a second, she had the awkward conversation for me. So even though I'm doing the research, I'm realizing that, oh my God, I was a dude avoiding an awkward conversation a year ago. Mindy just drew it out of me. She forced it. So now what do you do about it? Well, it depends on who it is. It, it really does. It depends yeah. on who it is. But if it's your boss, if it's your boss, you really need to frame up what what is the conversation? You need to own that it, it's there and then you need to frame up what is it? What is it? What is the conversation? And then scenario plan it out. What, it, what happens if you say nothing? Well, you get more yesterdays. That's a fact. If you do nothing, I hope you really tolerated your yesterday because that's what you're going to get more of. Or you figure out how to muster the courage to go deal with it. I know that's hard. It's wicked hard, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. And you've got to find a friend, find a coach, find a colleague, find someone to rehearse how this is going to go and go do it. If it's your spouse, just open the door, man. Just open the door and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm thinking about something. It's been gnawing away at me and I want to I wanna bring you in on it because I'm, I don't know how to deal with it. If you say those words, I'm looking for some help as a dude to your spouse, it will totally set the conversation for the entire evening for exactly what you need to deal with. And, uh, and, and it's not easy. I remember I've done it since I've done it with, with, with Mindy and it's so weird. It's the most, it's harder to do it ironically with a spouse than it is for a coworker, somebody who works for you or even a boss. It's, it's a weird deal. But anyway, um, just mustering that courage and taking down the walls and, and marching right in. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in my, uh, in my professional life in my, my side gig here, when I'm not, uh, uh, toiling the mic here for normal 40, I do professional, you know, awkward conversations for a living. A lot of times these conversations are with people who, who don't know they're coming. Uh, but I certainly still have to have a number of awkward conversations. I, I think two things, Lon, that I would talk about specific with a spouse and, and just 
just my experience dealing with some of these things. Number one is make sure you have the time and you have the space and you have the, you know, the, the length to have that conversation. This isn't one of those while your spouse is washing the dishes to say, hey, do you have a minute? Um, or while the kids are running around the backyard, you know, with a tiki torch to, to stop and try to have a long form conversation. Right. I think this is something and I, I took this away from your conversation um, with Mindy, the way she shared it. You were on a long drive together. You stopped to have dinner together. Right. There was time in front of you to really sit down uninterrupted without distractions and have that conversation. These kind of conversations are not fly by in the kitchen. They're not, hey, do you have a quick minute? These are conversations where, hey, let's let's put the kids to bed early. I want to chat about something tonight. Right. That that's kind of the way I think you approach the conversation with your spouse, with, with a boss, with a supervisor. I think what's important, Lon, to do is start with the end in mind. What do you want to get out of the conversation? What is it that you want to, to get across? What's the goal of that conversation? And what best positions you to get to that point, right? So always start with the end in mind in that sense of here's what I have to talk about. Here's what I'm looking to get out of this conversation. And how do you kind of start with the end in mind? I think a lot of times, you know, when you want to have these really important conversations, it's really, you know, crucial that you kind of know what it is you want to get out of it. What, what do I need here? What am, what, am, what am I talking about? What do I want to get across here? Because if you just kind of sometimes go and vent, right, and just kind of go open, open-ended and freestyle, to, to borrow a phrase, you don't always land on the mark you want. So I think with the supervisor, start with the end in mind. What do I want to hear here? What am I trying to get out of this conversation? And again, I think with a spouse, give yourself the time plan it out a little bit. I'm not saying put on a calendar or make an invite. Uh, that's probably a little too formal for a spouse, but hey, honey, let's go to dinner tonight. I really want to sit and, and chat with you on something. I, I think those are two things I've seen in my past that I think really help you as you're thinking about having this awkward conversation, right? To Lon's point, you know, you still got a lot of work to do to get to the front door, right? That, that gets you to the curb. Uh, you still got to get all the way to the front door of the house to have that conversation. But I think those are, those are two things, Lon, I've seen over my experience, I think can potentially position folks to have a really impactful conversation when that time comes. You nailed it, man. Time. You, you've got to don't rush it. Don't rush it because it's too easy to rush out of. If you rush into the conversation, you'll rush right back out. If you make the time for it, um, you'll, you'll deal with it. You're exactly right. Um, and you said something so important, the end in mind. Um, really? There's a, there's more to that. There, and let's, let's just dwell on this for a minute. So start with the end in mind. I, I, yes, and know what is the question you need answered, okay? Sure. Write it. What is the, so we can go back and talk about Mindy. What is the question she needed answered of me? She busted down the wall and said, the question for her probably was the lines of, is Lon going to take a job that he doesn't really want? I have to know that as a spouse. That is ultimately what she wanted to ask me. And what happened, though, is a whole conversation, and she got the answer. And so did I. But to, to go all the way back, and if it's about a raise that didn't happen, a position you didn't get and were, were promised, or it was about you wanting to change your career, or your wife wanting to change her career or your spouse, what is the, what is the question? Boil it down to a single question that you can write down in 10 words with a question mark behind it, so that by the time you're done, you've got an answer to that very succinct, beautifully written question. And then, and then you, you, that is how you get to the end that you're talking about, Adam, write, write the question out. And, and it really helps frame up everything about what happens in the conversation. 
when you think about these, you know, sort of conversations, uh, Lon, and you know, there are there are things holding people back, of course, right? And 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 for for whatever reason, some people maybe are reluctant to have that conversation. Uh, they're reluctant to, uh, to to go down that path for whatever that reason looks like. But I think one of the other things that you've talked a lot about in your your teachings uh, and and you know, a little behind the scenes info here, Lon, before we recorded, had a, had a chance to show me uh, what I would call is the, the birthplace of normal 40, the decoration of independence, if you will, of, of the normal 40, an actual piece of paper that he kind of scribbled it out on. And we'll figure out how to way to get that integrated, integrated into the podcast at some point, because it was, uh, it's one of those probably artifacts that are going to hang up someplace very meaningful to you in the near future, Lon, but you were circling some of the things that was on there. And, and one of the things that you kind of brought up as we talked about this was something you call the awakening right and and the concept of essentially one day one moment one thing one instance is going to be that thing that says to you i can wait no longer i must now move forward i must now do whatever that next step in the journey is and i think you know for for what you're talking about that next step could be varied depending on where you are who you are what stage you're at maybe it's that awkward conversation maybe it's thinking about the trade maybe it's thinking about you know the, making the change maybe it's finding mission whatever that looks like for you Alon. but i, I want to spend some time exploring the awakening and sort of what that looks like. You had a post on LinkedIn in the recent days talking about um, somebody potentially losing their job, which again, quite an awakening moment where you wake up one day and all of a sudden something's changed or there's a threat of a change and, and kind of what that looks like. In your own words, as you think about Normal 40 and the awakening, what, what does that mean to you? What does that conceptually mean when, when you realize or when someone maybe has to have that awakening? Yeah, so... Um... Adam, you referenced kind of this, this moment of clarity I had when, and literally it was when Normal 40 is born. This goes way before the conversation Mindy and I had in Minneapolis by years. Um, we've talked in an earlier conversation about how I would, I spent four years trying to figure out what in the heck, what in the heck was going on and, and um, what I was going to do about it. And, uh, and I, I wrote this, I wrote the Normal 40. I wrote what I was going through. And then I, proved it out by talking to hundreds and hundreds of dudes to figure out what they're going through. And step three in normal 40 is, is, is the awakening. And in what I realized is at some point in your life, I call it normal 40. You go through something, something happens and you start wrestling with your life to this point and what you want to do with it for the rest of your life. It's, it's halftime. It's, it's the quintessential halftime of your life. If you live to be 100, you're about there. If you work until you're 80, you're about halfway there. And you go through this awakening. Now, it can happen slowly over a period of years, or it can happen suddenly, but it'll happen. And I realized that, that there's six things. There's six things that, that wake people up, that, that, that punch you into this awakening. The first one, the first D is you can start drinking. You can start drinking too much. It can be a Tuesday night. You can be sitting on your couch. The kids are in bed. Your spouse is in watching a channel their own. And you pour yourself two fingers of scotch and you, you, you medicate yourself that way. You do that long enough, there's going to be problems and that'll wake you up. The second D is you can go through a divorce. That wakes you up, man. That shakes the dudes I talk to who have gone through a divorce. They're different coming off the other side. Um, and that, that, forces this awakening too. The third one is a disaster. You can go through a disaster and there's a hundred ways. There's a hundred different disasters, but certainly getting laid off and let go, uh, something along those lines would, would quantify as a disaster. There can be a death in your family. 
uh, a death near you, a death of a friend, and nothing rattles you into into really appreciating your time more than that. And then, and then there can be a diagnosis. Number five is a diagnosis. You can get diagnosed with something. Your spouse can get diagnosed with something. A friend, you can have a diagnosis that radically shifts what used to be important to you into what now is important to you. And the last one is you can decide. That is an option. You can decide. You can avoid all of those things. You can avoid drinking. You can avoid a divorce. Maybe you can avoid it, avoid a disaster. Maybe you can avoid death and you never know. And maybe you can avoid a diagnosis, but you can decide. You can get up one day and say, today's my day to do something. I'm going to check out that dude from the internet. The dude, I don't want anybody to know that I'm following. I'm going to book a call. I'm going to see what he's got going on. And that's a decision. That is an action. That is the moment you've decided I'm going to wake up from the thing I'm becoming. And, and you're taking action. And by the way, when you start down that path, it doesn't quit. When you decide to go forward, it starts to totally cultivate how you get to feel as you go forward. It, and, it, and it's, it's, I can see it every, as I take on clients and I can see them going through the awakening. I can see the momentum change. I can feel their energy. I can see it in their face. Everything about them changes for the better because they're exploring, looking, they're getting curious again. Um, and uh, anyway, so those are the six D's of, of an awakening. And I'm just, I arrive here, I show up at LinkedIn at this stage, stage three, and I try to punch people so hard that they decide. That's it. If you want to know my game plan, go back and read every post I've ever put out there. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to land a punch so hard that maybe this is the day you decide that this is the day you're going to be done living your yesterdays. That's it. That's my game plan. And if you're inspired to do that, then let's go, baby. Um, and, uh, and that's the entire game plan of every post you've ever seen me put out there. Obviously, that's, that's a powerful list, Lon. I mean, a lot of things on that list certainly uh, are, uh, are heavy things to deal with or to sort of be a part of your life with, right? Um, and, and if you're faced with those things, that, that doesn't mean you can't you know, still have your awakening. I, I think, is there sort of a myth that says, oh, I've gotten here, I, I might as well just give up, right? Uh, I, you know, maybe I have been drinking too much or maybe, you know, maybe there are things going on with my marriage and, and you know, we're, we're talking divorce. That's not a give up moment, right? That's a That's a almost like a thank you moment. Like now you've seen what the other side looks like and now you have a chance to, to make that decision, right? It, it feels like those, those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. No, you're exactly right. And maybe I'm, I'm being a little clumsy with, with how I'm portraying this. My, my contention is at some point in your life, you're going to awaken to the person you could have been or are capable of being. That point comes, it finds you. And it finds you either, and it finds you in one of these D's, um, and drinking, divorce, disaster, death, diagnosis, that'll wake you up. That will shake you to your core and give you a different perspective. And I'm not here to say any of that's good. And I would never say that you're lucky if it happens to you, but there is an outcome that can, that, that you can harness, you can use for, for the better. My point is, if none of these things have happened to you yet, you still have the, you're still lucky. You get to just decide before there's a death, a disaster, a divorce, 
before you start drinking. Um, and, and I just want people to understand that one way or another, you in your lifetime, even if it's in your final moments, are going to wrestle with this. I wish I'd have done it. That thing, whatever it is in you, you're going to wish you'd have wrestled with it. And all of these Ds are the thing that are going to make you wrestle with it. My point is, if you're lucky enough to be able to just decide to do it, decide to go through a process, let's, let's get going. It's interesting. You said, um, you know, how does it find you? How do you find it? I think that's a really interesting distinction, right? So in some respects, you're, you're, it's proactive versus reactive, right? How do you proactively look at where your situation and say, I, I, want to, I want to move on? For the folks that you've had a chance to encounter with Normal 40, what's been the inspiration or the spark you think that helps them find it? It sounds like as I, as I hear your story, you sort of had a creative energy that just, was just kind of flowing through you. And you didn't quite know how to bottle it. You didn't quite know what it was, but you sort of felt this creativity, this energy about what you want to look at. And it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like that was a part of the, you know, the recipe that became your awakening at some point, right? How do you know if, if you're ready for that awakening? How do you know maybe those signals are around you right now and it, it hasn't manifested itself in one of the, one of the more negative um, D-related items that you have here? But how do you know if maybe you've, you've got that around you now and you, you just don't realize it? You feel it. I mean, and that's it. Um, I think the awakening doesn't find you cognitively. It's not a, it's not a formula. It's not mechanical. It's not like, oh, I'm 43. Um, I need to awaken to something. It's not that. It's, I never felt it in my head. I never, it, that, that it was always in my gut. That's why I, I keep coming back to trust your gut. Feel, you know, feel, what are you feeling? I don't, I don't ask you what you're thinking. I never ask what you're thinking because your your mind will do all the BS it does to prevent you from channeling what you're feeling. So it, it, I really believe it. It does find you. Your mind will fight it. Your mind will try to convince you you should ignore it, and it does. It does. And you listen to your mind because hey, your mind's done pretty good for you. Your mind got your mind has delivered you to the place on this in your lifetime where you are. Your decisions, what you saw through the windshield the opportunities that were in front of you, all of that was cognitive. It was, it was things you could see and touch and feel. The awakening is different. It, it isn't mechanical. It just finds you and you feel it. So how do you know? You have to listen to it. You have to slow down enough to acknowledge that it's there. And it kind of goes back to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to muddy up all of our podcasts, but this is, it plays into the acceptance that, look, this has found you. You can, choose to let your mind suppress it, or you can choose to carve out a few minutes a day, a few, maybe an hour a week to explore it. And that's, that is the process. That's where the whole process starts. When you decide I'm going to do something and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to know the answer. You won't know the answer. It took me years. I'm on mission. I'm a dude on mission. We've talked about that. But it didn't happen overnight. It took years of me working a process that I now have into four simple steps. They're not simple steps. They're hard steps. They're miserably hard steps. But to talk about them is simple. To go through them is hard. Um, but uh, that's, that's how it starts. It starts as a feeling. And it starts when you give yourself permission to explore them. So somebody out there is listening and they just heard that. And they, they sat down and they said, you know what? 
damn it, that's it for me. This is my moment. I'm I'm deciding right now. I'm going to change my life. What's the first step? They don't know what to do next, Lon. They don't know what they don't know what to do. What what do you do next when you say to yourself, "That's it. I'm I'm deciding. I am going to pull the card on myself and I've decided." What's the first step? So you've got a bunch. You got a bunch of things you can do. Here's what I did. I sat down and I started writing. Not everybody's a writer. That doesn't work for everyone. Uh, way later, I started talking to very select people in code, right? I wasn't open and honest. I'm like, hey, I had a friend who was not feeling success, you know, fulfilled at work and was thinking about changing. You ever felt that way? You know, kind of have these weird one-off conversations. That's what I did. What I tell people to do now is um, give yourself permission to feel the way you're feeling. I created Normal 40 so that you can feel normal about it. I named it Normal 40 so that you, whoever's listening to me, can identify with the fact that this is normal. The fact that I don't want it, that I wish I didn't have it, the fact that I'm doing good, the fact that all the bills are paid and I, from the outside, it looks like I got it made. All that, yep, all true, but it's normal to want something else and it's normal to not know what it is those are the most normal thing in the whole world. And I want you to give yourself permission to say, all right, that's, that's normal. I'm not alone. There's a community I can go to of people, really ex- wildly successful, um, smart, articulate, educated people who go through this. And there's a place for you to, to join and be part of it and, and to explore it. So what do I tell people to do? Give yourself permission to explore it. And there's a hundred ways you can do that, but start dreaming about it. Um, I, I'm going to say one more thing and it's going to sound like a plug and you can take it or leave it. I created something. I created it way back when I was an executive. I guess it was just a year ago. As I was wrestling with things, I'm like, I read it. It was a daily planner. It was just a sheet of paper. And I'm like, every day I'm going to fill this out. And it's all the basic stuff. Here are the two things I got to get done today. That's it. I got to do them. That's this is my job. There are two things I got to do. Might be an awkward conversation. Might be a big memo. Whatever. Might be an uh, investor relations packet. I got to get it done. And then there's all the other stuff. Here's the other conversation you need to have. I need to check in with HR. I need to hire this person. Whatever. All this stuff. But then also in there is, hey, how'd you sleep last night? Score it quickly. Give it two seconds of your time. It was a two. I don't need to know anything more. Um, did you feel successful today? At the end of the day, you, you answer the question. Did you feel successful today? Yes or no? And then... Um, you know, and, and it's just those basic questions. So that in time, I could go back over the course of a month and I could say, here's the days I felt successful. Well, these are the days I got to lead a meeting and I got to drive strategy and I got to build leaders. Those were good days. Where were my bad days? Well, it's the days when I had to write reports and do memos that somebody that maybe nobody will ever read. Those were my bad days. And I could piece together what good days and bad days were. Long story short, I packaged that up. You can go to the website for four bucks and download it. But it's a way to just give yourself permission to dream. That's actually one of the questions. What, what did you daydream about today? What a powerful question. You, you are probably sitting in a meeting today, whoever's listening to this, with your boss or with your peers, and you're doodling and you're daydreaming about how you might run that meeting better. A strategy that you might do different. A, an employee you would deal with differently. Whatever it is, you're dreaming about it, write it down. It means something. So look, that's 
more of an answer than you cared to have. But my whole point is step one is to embrace it, explore it, find ways to capture what it is you're feeling because you're going to need that for step two. Let's take this from the other side for a second. This is a really tough question, uh, and, and I'm, I'm maybe putting you in the spot with this one. So my uh, my humble apologies in advance. Imagine you're 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 a friend, uh, you're a spouse, and there's someone in your life you care about. You recognize that they're 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 in one of these paths. They're they're on one of these these D paths, as you call them, and you see it clearly. You just heard that for the first time, and you said, "Man, that's Bill." Oh my goodness, that's that's Charlie from the office, and and you you just rec- it just resonated with somebody, it just hit somebody. What should you do? What should you do if you somebody you care about, someone you know, and all of a sudden you recognize that I, they're they're on that path? How do you proceed if you're that other person? If you're in this case, and again to to borrow back from the theme of the marriage, right? If if you're the Mindy in that situation, you know how do you proceed once you recognize that? Holy crap, Lon just described my best friend. There's, there's two things that I know you can do in the next 10 minutes. One, share the normal 40 with them. Say, hey, look, here's this dude from the internet. I don't know him. Uh, see, he, he's, he's interesting. What do you think? You don't even have to give your opinion. Here's a dude from the internet somebody shared with me. What do you think? And, and it'll, it'll resonate with him or, or it won't. So that's one. It, it might work. The second is, and we've, we've also talked about this, Adam. What is the question you really want to ask them? What do you really want to know? Are they drink? Is it a Tuesday night? And are they drinking scotch by themselves on the couch? Do you, is is are you concerned about that? I mean, and is that really the question you want to know? Well, then ask him to join you for a cup of coffee and have that awkward conversation. And you can kind of the the awesome thing about awkward conversations is once you confess that you really want to have an awkward conversation, it's not awkward anymore the mountain that you think the awkward conversation is going to be becomes landscape. It becomes a flat landscape that friends just walk across, but it's the anticipation of how they might react to the awkward conversation. That, that really is the hard part. Once we've, once we confess that I just want to have this dude, I, I care about you. I see some things in you and this is coming from a place of deep respect and love, man. And I got to ask you this, how are you doing? How are you? I've seen you. I've seen a change in you. And I just want to know what I can do as a friend. I want to know what you want to talk about. And it takes all the awkward of, you know, that you think might be there and it turns it into intimacy. Hmm. And, and I, I, the thing that dudes are starved for that come to me are, is intimacy. The hmm. ability to have an intimate conversation with a friend, with their spouse, or with a boss. And usually these awkward conversations, man, they require intimacy. They require vulnerability. And they're hard. They're really damn hard. They're hard for me still. They're hard for most people. But the people who can do it, the people who will embrace it, those are probably the people who are in your mind right now when you think, who can I talk to about this? They're the people who you know you can have an intimate conversation with. And so that's this all comes back to you got to embrace the fact that it's going to be awkward, express to them that it's going to be awkward, and go seek that intimacy because your friendship on the backside of that can only be stronger. Your relationship with your boss can only be stronger if, if it's a boss you want to continue to work for. 
it can only be stronger. Your marriage, it can only be stronger when you're willing to have a, an intimate conversation. It doesn't make it easy, but it doesn't make it wrong. As you said that, I kind of I had a bit of a chuckle uh, because uh, when I think about dudes, right, and and and, and guys, and and sort of you know, people in in the sphere of, of life we're talking about, two words I probably wouldn't use to describe that as hallmarks would be intimacy and vulnerability. Yet those are probably two of the most important things that are needed, right? And and that's that's got to make this even more challenging. Is that there's probably a lot of folks who have, who have suppressed these, these emotions, these feelings, these abilities, right. Who have never, you know, have, have shied away from that intimate conversation, shied away from that vulnerability. So you're potentially breaking down cinder blocks of walls of time that someone has put up because they don't want to be intimate and they don't want to be vulnerable. And, and that just kind of struck me as, as odd as the, probably the things that, you know, men maybe fear or, or run away from the most are really the most important if you think about getting to your other side of that journey. They're starving for it. And I, I, um, I think, you know, I know, you know, Adam, but the listeners probably know I spend several hours a week doing free, free calls with, with people. You can go to my website and sign up for a call. And those, um, I get asked all the time, why do I do that for free? Why do I do it for free? And there's some reasons, but, Every call I'm on, when a dude has followed me long enough, they've decided to take an action. They've probably have been following me. You know, we and I have talked about this. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the internet mistress. I'm the person that nobody wants to claim they're friends with, but everyone wants to talk to. I'm, and and my, my, uh, if you went to book a call today, I'm out weeks. I'm out weeks and I do it hours a day. And when, when, Guys, finally, we finally connect. And it looks no different than this. Exactly what you and I are doing, Adam, it's a Zoom call. 25% of the time, I'm talking to a dude from the front seat of a pickup truck because they don't want they don't want to have the conversation in their office. Somebody might hear it. They don't want to have the conversation in their house. Somebody might hear it. And in that conversation, they tell me things. A guy from the internet. That's all I am. I'm, I'm a dude, I'm a dude on the internet. They tell me things that they probably haven't expressed to anyone in years, probably haven't told their wife in as much detail as they've told me. They've, they've hinted, they've dropped some things, certainly haven't told their boss, certainly haven't told a friend. And they once, once that door cracks open, that I'll listen and I've been there and that we can talk about this, man, I'll talk about it. I'll tell you everything you want to know about my process and what I've gone through. They have this intimate we have this intimate conversation about what they're feeling, what they're going through, the fact that they're frustrated by the fact that they're frustrated, that they're not as happy as they used to be, and they don't know what to do about it. Well, shit, that's it. That's everyone who's listening right now. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that just described you, the person listening to this. That just described you. And my whole thing is, yeah, dude, you're not alone. You're not alone in this. I'm showing up for you. There's 2,000 dudes in my private group who show up for you. You have to show up for yourself and you have to learn how to share it enough to find someone. You just need one person to be intimate with and work it through. Well, let me ask you a question. Why, why isn't that conversation awkward? 
some you're just a random you know person from the internet that you do not know right if if you're following lon on linkedin all you've seen is a a picture some posts you don't you don't know him you have no idea what he what he's like what he does who he is yet people are willing to book time with you weeks in advance to to bear their soul to share their their secrets why is that not an awkward conversation what what, what about that setting do you think helps people maybe open up more than they're willing to do anywhere else because I'm not able to harm them. Hmm. I am safe. I'm a dude from the internet. I'm a guy who doesn't know their wife. I'm a dude who doesn't know his boss. I'm a dude who doesn't know his friends. I'm a dude who doesn't know his history. I'm a dude from the internet who's showing I've done it and I might be somebody who can help. And that's why they start with me, man. And, and by the way, I love it. That is me on mission. My mission, and I want to say this, and I don't even know if this is good. It's just what it is. My mission isn't to help a thousand dudes, although I will, and I'm going to probably do that. My mission is to inspire a thousand dudes. My mission is to show up and get someone to think maybe today is that day. Maybe this is the guy who can be that first freaking domino. That is my mission. My mission is to inspire a thousand dudes to do something. And so when I, why do I keep doing that call for free? Because that's me on mission. I do have to figure out how to turn that into a mortgage payment. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a gazillionaire and I will, because that's what missions do. When you get on mission and you, you dwell in it and you refine it, That'll take care of itself. But that's why they come to me, Adam. I'm safe. I've done it. I can be trusted. And maybe, maybe today's the day they get started. It's probably a perfect spot, Lon, to, to sort of end this conversation, but I, I don't want to stop here. Uh, I, I do want to share uh, or let you share at least um, some new ways that folks out there can connect with you. So if you've, you've listened to this for the first time, maybe something has kind of struck a chord with you. You, you, you resonate with maybe having an opportunity to have a conversation with a dude on the internet with sort of no strings attached and the ability just to have an, an open conversation. And you want to know more about how you can go about doing that how you can go about getting more uh, more potential learning and, and community from Normal 40 and Lon's group. I'd love, Lon, if you could share with the audience more about uh, how that happens. And, and, and even if you're willing now, some, some future-related items that, that you're looking to build out as you think about the, uh, the evolution of your mission to the next phase to, to get you to the part where you're continuing to inspire a thousand dudes. Yeah, thanks, Adam. So one, keep coming back here. Um, and mostly, Adam, because you do such a fantastic job. I'd, I'm always amazed by the time we get to this point, the journey you've taken us on, man. You're, you're, you're a dude to know, and that is all there is to it. Um, so keep showing up here. And I've been kind of blown away. People are actually starting to leave comments and um, go on to where they listen. And they'll be like, hey, you need to listen to this. And, and the, um, people are sharing it. People are using this podcast as a tool. This is what they share to kick off the awkward conversation. And I love it. That's, that is part of the inspiration. So keep, keep showing up here. Every time you can share this, every time you can like it, every time you can put a comment to, hey, 
I don't know if you agree with this guy, but check him out. That is actually helpful to me. Um, and it's helpful not to me. It's helpful to the next dude who can I can only reach because of you. So that's one. Keep coming here. Two, of course, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I show up every day. Come and join me. And I've got a private group in LinkedIn that's growing like crazy. Um, just this last week between Mindy's, Mindy's podcast and a few posts that I put up this week has really punched some people. They've decided. And, uh, and there's a couple thousand people in a private closed group where you get to know and feel as normal as you want. Third, and this is new, I launched something called the Normal 40 Insider. And this is a paid coaching group where you get more access to me. And it's a lot of this. Um, there's a couple different, there's a couple different levels. One is a very low cost, a couple bucks a week. And we're coming in as a cohort and a group and we're, we're wrestling through real things. It's way more intentional. It's for people who really want to start doing the work. And, uh, you can find that at just at normal 40.com. And then I've got some, uh, small cohort. I'm talking 10 people in what I'm calling the guide. Uh, and you can, you there again, go to normal 40.com and that's a cohort of 10 and that's going to be deep one-on-one cohort. You're going to get access to me every month and we're going to actually work this process. The, the, the process that you, that I showed you as we were coming onto this program, Adam, and, uh, and you can find, find me there. And make sure you, uh, you check out all those places. Uh, again, if you're, if you're new and you're, you're kind of on the fence, uh, anonymity still obviously is, is important to you. And, and that's what uh, the groups provide. Uh, you can read through posts. You can, you can find like-minded folks who are going through the same thing, find some of that inspiration, maybe find that awakening in something you read on, uh, on one of Lon's posts, or more importantly, even some of the posts from, from folks who aren't Lon, who are going through the same thing, who are, uh, who are experiencing the same stuff. Some of those posts and no offense to Lon it, it are even more powerful when you read from somebody else who's experienced it firsthand. So check out that LinkedIn group. Uh, again, you need access. So you have to ask Lon for permission. That's okay. He's not going to tell anybody, uh, but he'll let you in the group there and, uh, and you'll have a good time uh, uh, interacting and learning from folks. And again, make sure you check out the website, normal40.com. You can read about all the things Lon just shared. Uh, you can get some more information for yourself. But most importantly, keep showing up here for the podcast. We appreciate it. Everyone who listened, who downloaded, who shared, uh, and uh, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, make sure you come back because we're going to be back here soon. Uh, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. Until then, we'll see you on the other side.